fundamentalism. Welcome to today's WGO podcast. Today I want to get into fundamentalism. It started yesterday. I had a little bit of time. And I wanted to finish watching a documentary uh, called A Perfect Terrorist. It was about David Hadley. And uh, he was the guy who did the Mumbai attack a couple years ago. A couple guys with machine guns went in, killed like two, three hundred people. It was uh, India's 9-11 was how it was described. And... You know, I have access to this documentary because I, with my son, I stumbled on some a channel called the PBS Documentaries and uh, subscribed to it. It's a couple couple dollars a month, and they have a huge library of very good science stuff and current affairs stuff. The front line, in particular, is very very well done. So went through that story, which was very disturbing, and it definitely touched on fundamentalism in many different forms and how economic fundamentalism and religious fundamentalism but it leads to really volatile dangerous situations and what didn't escape my attention that was not the focus of the show was when he showed Mumbai it looked like a lot of people lived uh, very paycheck to paycheck. A lot of poverty in the shots. Um, you saw references to very rigid military-type schooling that uh, this guy Hadley had, had gone to when he lived in Pakistan as a youngster. You saw... Newer Pakistanis, it seemed a little bit more Western, a little bit more liberal, if you will. You saw old, conservative religious stuff, because one of the things that was attacked was a a Jewish Chabad house in Mumbai, where they murdered the people. They tried to ransom for hostages, not even sure which hostages they were trying to get. But... um, When they didn't get their way, you could hear them on the tape. They lined the people up against the against the wall and shot them. A woman and and then, you know and, you know it was a uh, conservative Judaism. It was uh, you know guys with a white shirt, black pants, a little tassel thing off the side. And that, is it disrespectful to say that? Yeah, kinda. It's fundamentalism. I don't like it. I don't think fundamentalism is good for humanity. I don't like I don't think fundamentalism is good for me. I think it's possible to to get whatever wisdom is in all of these religions, in all of these doctrines. You can see the points of view. You can internalize the points of view. But do you need to then sign the dotted line to become an inherent and become rigid? 
and close the door and allow your ego to say, oh, well, I've figured it all out now. I can just go about my merry way. So then I noticed after that was over the <clears throat> perfect terror, I think it was called, the perfect terrorist, I went to another one that was about the riff between Sunni and Shia, between Iran and Saudi Arabia. I'll have to look up the name of that one because I don't remember it right now. It may be titled The Rift, actually. Let me pull over and figure that thing out. We need that. But this one really got my juices flowing because, oh my Lord, there's the economic realities of the world and that doctrine that created certain waves in the water. And then there's the religious, deeply religious fundamentalism that's perpetuating it and it literally runs some of these countries, in particular Iran. And then in response to Iran, Saudi Arabia then spins up the Wahhabism that's spread all around the world. It was funded with not only Saudi billions, but U.S. billions. So let me look this up. This was uh, push pause here for a second. Okay, it's bitter rivals between Iran and Saudi Arabia. So, bitter rivals stirred me up a little bit because it's like when you hear these guys and you see the Iranian Revolution in '79, and then you fast forwarded to Iran today, like dissent is is not tolerated. You 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 it, it's Sharia law, so it's you know according to the book the Quran, <laughs> you know and, and and the clerics and imams or whatever the nomenclature is, it's what they decree, and it went the reporter was able to get into one of these senior guys and you just see a senior guy is like, but it, it, this is the land of God, you know and and it just goes on and, that, and that's it you know that's all he's got to say is wear a robe and the right hat. And have the the right uh, set of connections and an intelligence police force to enforce the uh, the status quo, and then you wave your hands around and say, "But it's, it's, it's the rule of God," and that's good enough. And Iran has, I don't know, I'm guessing 60, 70 million people living like this, and they and they're brainwashed at their things. They have a festival. They're brainwashed to hate Americans and hate Israelis because of what we did when we backed the Shah. And the oil and interest, the, you know, the, basically the modern economies of the world decided that we had to have the energy. So we installed a supported leadership that kept the taps open. And that's a complicated debate. The taps should be left open for humanity. So it gets tricky. But I can tell you the fundamentalism on any level is usually not going to take us to a good place. And on the Saudi side, they they seem to be more liberal, but then their own people started cracking down and wanted to bring down the monarchy, wanted to bring down the House of Saud, wanted to bring it down with religious fundamentalism. And so now the women are back covered again and 
they can't drive, they can't do this, they can't do that. I mean, I don't know all the particulars. You have to watch and pay attention. But the trend is not good. It was the trend is women went from being on newscasts and being anchors to not allowed to do that anymore. That's fundamentalism. But the good book says. So I think in today, I've noticed in American politics and with the situation that we're in, this quagmire that we're in right now, this borderline civil war that we're in right now, you've got a couple of different groups of fundamentalists that are really, really, really adding fuel to the fire. On the one hand, you've got the economic fundamentalist. You know, I, I think you could probably trace a lot of that to uh, your Ayn Rand types, if you will. And more recently, your Koch brothers type, the Koch network. And they're not wrong on some, th- some levels. They're not wrong. That's the thing. You can't just say, oh, you are aligned with Koch interest or you are aligned with Ayn Rand or you have respect for that sort of thing. Therefore, you are immediately the devil or you're, you're wrong or you're this or you're that. No, no, no. They're not wrong. When I read more recently Koch land, or listened to it rather, it was very clear to me that the things he did at the first refinery were necessary. He went into a unionized refinery situation where nobody was getting anything done. It was, you know, you were having to have to have to go if if something was broken that could cause a problem, you had to call the right person, the electrician or the plumber or the this or that, the right union guy, to then be transported to the other side of the plant in the right union vehicle. You couldn't just jump in the truck, you and Larry, and go fix the fucking problem. You weren't allowed to be aligned, you know, to have a couple of good know-it-alls. Instead, you had to have these siloed self-interest groups that slows everything down. And it makes it dangerous, and it makes things stagnant, and it makes things where you can't get anything done. And it certainly makes it where you can't be profitable. The story of Cokeland is interesting. It's, it gets right to the heart of fundamentalism. On one hand, it, it breeds fundamentalists that don't want any government of any type because they, 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 they know in their hearts that it inevitably pops up someone who gets in the way, who messes it up, who creates costs, who creates resistance, slows things down, and that all is actually true. That is pretty much what happens. But does that mean that one just dons the, the hat and it becomes an Anrandian, if you will, or a Cokean, a Coke, a Cokehead, <laughs> and just that's it? They're they're now they're a fundamentalist. I think not. No, I think you, in 2020, you need to be able to read those books, and not choose a side. Like those books were designed so that you become an anti-Coker. An anti-Republican even, because that's where the Coke influence and political machine went. It went into the Republican network and the Republican side. It became like, the, you know, it became... That's why you had like a Tea Party rallies back, you know, 10 years ago. <clears throat> Somebody would show up out of nowhere with these crazy talking points. Well, they were being fed those talking points. It was becoming ordin- coordinated and highly organized. Now it is on all sides, I think. But you could take a book like that 
You don't have to choose a side. You can be like, you know what? I admire the efficiency of the Coke mentality. And it is a big part of what it takes to get things done in in a modern world. If you're going to be an economic animal, which we are, humans are economic animals, if you're going to be an economic animal, you need to be, you know, 75% Coke industries in your outlook. That's how you do it. They, they have the best and brightest, they're the fastest, they're most efficient. They do play by the rules, but they want to have the rules where they can't be constantly written against their interests. You want a lot of that in the mix. The problem is it's, it's, it's winner takes all because it's viewed that any alternative to winner takes all and, and very limited government inevitably breeds inefficiency. I mean, it breeds bureaucracy. It breeds self-interest groups. And that's true. That stuff is true. Now, on the religious fundamentalist, I have a major problem with that group. I've never felt comfortable around any of that. When you self-identify as a this or that, you're a a Catholic or a Christian or a Jew or a a Hindu or a a Muslim, when you self-identify like that, I'm I'm an anarchist, I'm a this, I'm a that, I immediately am worried about you because I'm I'm like, okay, well, that person is not open for discussion. That person is going to hand me the set that set of talking points. He's going to give me the green pill, the blue pill, the, or the green or the yellow pill, the yellow book. It's all in the Bible. According to the Quran, the ancients knew and scribed it. Look, man, I'm not trying to live my life according to some translated versions of whatever people, whatever and whoever, I don't know any of those people, what they said we need to be doing two, three thousand years ago. This is 2020. You can hear any kind of wisdom. You can extract the nectar from any of those situations. You don't have to be a religious adherent. You don't have to be a fundamentalist about it. I'm not comfortable around that crowd. And I'm not comfortable with some of their positions on things. And I'm certainly not comfortable with it being aligned in this in this country right now. You've got a, a real a religious fundamentalist alignment with the Republican Party. And I'm sorry if that offends you guys or gals or whoever the case may be. I don't, you don't need fundamentalism to be a good human being. You just don't. And I reject, and you should be ashamed of yourself for being a fascist about it and trying to ram that down people's throats. I was at a park the other day, and there are a bunch of kids there. And this gentleman comes over, and I talk to everybody. I really do love humans. At some level, I love humans. I, I, I like to be helping the brotherhood of humanity, man. That's what I think part of my role in this life is. Helping keep shit together. But he comes over, we start talking, 
And I did notice his shirt right out of the get-go. He has a giant cross on the front of his shirt with a lion on it. So I'm, you know, I immediately he's self-identifying and he's advertising religion, right, all right, front and center. And sure enough, we get to talking, and it wasn't just a, you know, a T-shirt. It was, it was who he was. And you know, he can't help it but talk about it, and that's where we end up talking about. You know, it started with kids. It turns into to being a man of God and Jesus and the Bible. And I didn't insult him, but, you know, I said, he was trying to feel me out to see where I was. <clears throat> I said, well, you know, this summer, I spent some time on a star field. And when I gaze out into the vastness of the, of the, of the cosmos, of the universe, of the galaxy, you can't help but be in, in awe and wonder and be humbled by that and realize that there's just a lot we don't know. And I thought that would suffice. I thought that would have been a sufficient answer to indicate to this gentleman that I was not an egotistical, know-it-all type, that I was respectful of science and that, and that of which we don't know. And I thought through the spirit of talking with him and being a, a, you know, a civil, empathetic human being that he would see that surely I fit his, uh, his uh, checkbox of the need to bring the Lord to me. But no, it's not enough. He had to counter with, yeah, I like to stargaze myself. I, I go out into the backyard and do it all the time. And I just marvel at the glory of God. And he snapped it back to this grid of God made the stars. Period. Forever. And, and live my life by the book. Whatever the fuck that means. See, that shit's weird to me, man. And I don't think that's good for people. I, I don't, I don't. And, and, and you know, I have respect that that's what people want to do and how they were raised or whatever, fine. But don't form a political party and try to ram that shit down my throat. I don't want it. So again, I remain civil, because my game is not to stir up animosity and, and interfere with their ability to be free, even though they clearly like to be interfere a little bit with mine. But anyway, so conversation went on, remained civil, and you know, 10, 15 minutes later, I'm packing the kids up to get out of there and he's kind of waiting for me because he wants to give me a tract one of these religious tract things but I never even understand the language of them anyway I, I flip through those things they don't make sense they don't resonate with me and they, 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 they leave me kind of feeling weird and then ultimately when I pair it with a, a fundamentalist documentary about the Middle East yesterday I end up thinking you know this is all just fundamentalism this is what this is this is people who who have Stop thinking for themselves and only see the world through the prism of their fundamentalism. In this case, Jesus, the Bible. But it could have easily been the Quran or some other holy book. The, what are the, what are the, I don't even remember the Jew, the Talmud. I don't, I don't even remember it all. I lose track of it. I don't think you need any of that. That's the problem. I don't think you need any of it. I think it can all be relegated to literature that's available, and it can be taught 
uh, very efficiently in an hour or two or three hour lecture or a great works course, which I'm sure they have. I'm sure, I'm sure I should probably listen to those and stop being a little so ignorant. I was ignorant about Trump last year and went on to a, a deep dive of books about him and I feel differently. So to be fair, I'll try to carve out some time with at least religious fundamentalism and see what the hell that some of that stuff's about. And on a personal level, kind of the uh, the Zen Buddhism stuff of one of my early 20s seemed to make a big difference. You know, the ideas of living in the motion in the moment, trying to still your mind, the monkey mind. You know, the ch endless chatter and focus. Those were powerful concepts for me, but they were more utilitarian concepts. So maybe I just pick and choose what I liked. I don't fucking know. I know that. I spend a lot of my time learning and trying to understand things better at a deeper level. I always feel like there's pieces I'm missing. But it seems like most people I meet in the world don't do that. They already they already know. They either have had success to a point where they, they've got it all figured out and they know it all economically, or their religious fundamentalism dictates all that needs to be said. So this is the problem I have with it. You marry fundamentalist, and in my opinion, kind of lazy mindset thinking, uh, ego-driven thinking, where I figured this out, and they can't let go of it. You couple that with political parties, and then you end up with having these these chunks of the of the electorate that are kind of like brainwashed, and you end up over time, if you have any kind of misstep economically and you fall down the ladder and become more poor, you quickly end up as a place like Iran, which is not impoverished, by the way. It's not totally dirt poor there. It's actually quite beautiful. Tehran, the backdrop when they started the documentary was absolutely beautiful. Snow-capped mountains, clean, but lame as fuck, man. Somebody like me would not want to live there. There definitely is no good music joints in a place like that. You ain't gonna find a good beer in a place like that. I don't think. <laughs> oh, yeah, maybe you shouldn't drink. See, fuck you guys, man. You guys suck. You guys are no fun. But you, it leads to the demise, the demise of all things human. Yeah, whatever. I don't buy your shit. You guys are selling the same old rat race shit all the time. All you guys. Don't challenge school. Good school. Go to school. Go to college so you can get a good job. And so you can sit in an office and trade all of your time and get a cut of the deal. Meanwhile, the big cuts accrue to the same small group of capitalists, the same small ruling class. Every invention that you think of, they ultimately get. They being the small 1% owner. I don't know how to articulate it and be clear about it. Your temporary gain and your fancy car and your, oh, I'm so great, and your Instagram posts, good for you, motherfucker. But the big macro trend is it goes to the same clump. So why are you guys defending this so much? Why can't you see that it could be better than that? I don't know that you're ever going to get rid of those people. I mean, shit, some of them are goddamn downright alien to me. I understand the whole uh, Homo sapien versus uh, Neanderthal, where the Neanderthals went. I get it. They couldn't fucking keep up. 
The other people were drinking, you know, were way too fucking fast. I guess I'm more than Neanderthal. <laughs> I don't fucking know. But I can tell you what I'm not. I'm not a fundamentalist. I want maximum freedom for all, including the freedom for people to do nothing. Because that lion that was emerging from that cross on that dude's shirt, that's what a fucking lion does all day. It eats, it hunts, so it does work. It hunts, and then it eats, and then it fucks, and then it sleeps. That's pretty much what it does, and shits. Stretches, sleeps again. I'm not suggesting that that's the life that humans want to live. But if you're going to fucking cruise around with a fundamentalist, giant fundamentalist symbol and tell me about a book that tells me all I need to know about everything with a lion on the front, well, well then why are you proposing to stick me in a fucking cage? Do you want to stick that lion in a cage? That's what you're selling when you sell this same old shit over and over again. Fundamentalists want you to stay in your cage. They're too afraid if you come out of the cage that you might bite or you might bind up with other lions and, and eat them. Because that shit happens, man. It's that's, that's, that's kind of like the Coke argument. I mean, <laughs> there's truth in it. My game, my angle is to cut the bullshit. Try to start feeling out what we want and get there. And I know a huge part of it's economic. That's most of it, actually. If people can get to a certain level economically where they're secure and they're comfortable and they're able to spend time with their families and love people and enjoy life, enjoy walking, enjoy napping, enjoy learning, 95% of humans' problems just go away, evaporate. You don't feel guilty because no one's impoverished like that anymore. You don't worry about the oceans because somebody's getting paid to clean that shit up. And oh, by the way, when he showed shots of India and some of these cities and these in these documentaries, he's not trying to focus on this. But there's your plastic problem, people. You don't ban plastic straws at Wegmans. <laughs> That's not the fucking problem. The problem is poverty and economic inequality and all the other problems like that that it cause people to live in cities that, are, that have giant piles of fucking plasticky trash sitting in the streets that every time it rains in the monsoon season, it washes out into the fucking ocean and then the currents drag it to a big spot that swirls around like a big pile of shit. So the solution is twofold. Fix the economic poverty problem and then pay some motherfucker some money so he can ride around in a boat and enjoy the beautiful seas and the beautiful skies and have a nice boat with nice accommodations where it's not miserable, you're stacked in a fucking metal box, make it something cool, but they go around and they clean the shit up. After a couple years, there won't be any fucking shit out there. Within, within 10 years, done, that problem is solved. Don't want wildfire, wildfires? Pipe the fucking rising sea 
into desalination plants and then send that shit to where you need it. Put the fucking fire out. When you're mired in fundamentalism, when you're stuck defending old thinking, old thinking, when you're conservative by nature and afraid of change and afraid of figuring stuff out because it might, it might unleash something dangerous. When you do that, you're part of the problem. We don't have to have a bloody violent revolution right now, people. We just, we, but we do have to get, we have to get our heads out of our asses. We have to start being honest about what's going on. Yeah, everything looks great, but the numbers don't work. So quit acting like they do. Everybody's broke. Most people are fucking broke. And if they're not broke, they, they get depressed because they see it all around them all the time. I want to know why people are dying of drug overdoses and all that stuff. It's because they're fucking broke. And they, they've grown up around poverty in their mind. They just give up. It's, it sucks. Life sucks for them. Life, life is beautiful, but life does suck. Economic life does suck. Trading all your time to sit in a fucking office to look busy all day so you can get that paycheck and those benefits, it's lame as fuck. And it's not even that good anymore. Half these companies, they have all these fancy logos and shit like that. They can't even get shit done. It's mired in meetings and bureaucracy and bullshit. No one has their arm around all of it. That's why you're starting to see it. You're starting to see cracks all around, all around. Why do you think that fucking Boeing plane fell out of the sky a couple times? I watched, I watched part of the aviator last night with my kid. When Howard Hughes was building planes, he, he used the phrase, I designed this myself multiple times. Yeah, but Jerry, that was an old... No, motherfucker. It was not old. It was just yesterday. One person. The person who designed the SR-71. I'm pretty sure that guy more or less did it himself, too. Now, you can't even get in the airplane business unless you went to the right school and got the right checkbox degrees. And it's a globalized effort. So you got guys writing configuration files in another country. And you ultimately end up with a big fucking pile of a big-ass mess. It never gets done, and it's too hard to fix because it's a mess. And everybody who, everybody who had clarity is either retired or moved on or gotten promoted. So you got a bunch of newbies in there. That's what everything is. Anyway, I gotta go. I gotta feed the kids. Fundamentalism—that's my answer. It's crap. It's not good for people. You don't need it. Humans don't need fundamentalism. They need to cut the bullshit. They need to start being more honest about what's going on. They need to quit thinking they know. Do a little more time reading, listening. You don't have to agree. We don't have to agree. We're not going to agree. But I don't want to join your religious or your economic cult. Your fundamentalist organization. Everywhere you look in the in the world, if you if you're being honest with that, with people who take hard lines economically or religiously, you you just see nothing but pain and suffering and blood. 
and horrific rifts that can't they get to a point where they can't be healed. So step back from your fucking fundamentalism because it's a big part of what's going on right now. You got rabid leftists on one side that are insane, looking for craving by increasingly fantasizing about violence, and you got religious and economic fundamentalism on the right that 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 has elements of that too creeping up. People that want to go to war over this, over what? So that people who make the guns and the ammo can make more money and watch you guys fucking kick your kick each other's ass and fuck shit up for people like me and my family. Who won't be able to go to Wegmans or the park anymore because you have a bunch of rebels hanging out fucking it up? Better get your head out of your ass, you motherfuckers. Talk to y'all later.